Welcome to As Told Here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As Told Here brings community media to where you are. Tonight's topic, tonight's mental health topic is actually should have been called a health topic. We're going to be talking about something called NAC. Now, don't you don't need to memorize those letters. And now I'm going to tell you what NAC actually stands for. It's been around a really, really long time. It's called N-acetylcysteine, as Joan knows. Years ago, when I did medical nursing, um, it was commonly known as mucomist, a respiratory treatment to, to thin, thick secretions for people with respiratory diseases like cystic fibrosis or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. And later in the 80s, we realized it was the very, very, very smelly treatment of the Tylenol overdoses. N-acetylcysteine, been around a really long time, does a lot of different things, and why haven't we heard about it? I don't know, there's so many medical schools out there, I don't know if they teach anything but how to treat the symptoms of a disease, instead of the prevention, of course. Prevention. So, so those two things, mucomist and the treatment for Tylenol overdoses, was treating disease. But now, the research is out. It's been out a really long time. But it does take, you know, America, Western medicine, a little while, two, three years, to get, get um, um, on board on some of these things. So, Joan, tell me what NAC does in the body. If you take NAC, it actually boosts our own antioxidant that we, uh, we produce within our bodies, an endogenous antioxidant that is so such big long word it's called glutathione and don't no one has to remember this no one has either. to remember that either so glutathione is our own antioxidant but as we age or if we have poor diets or there's pollutants out there you think there's some pollutants in the air there's so many and it's in our water in our lakes and you could have a genetic disorder that doesn't allow you to keep producing glutathione so if you take NAC about a third of the population I think needs it, but there are studies, there's approximately 76,000 articles on NAC and how helpful it is in medicine and psychiatry, and yet nobody's heard of it. Well, I've heard of it, Joan. And yeah, I know well, you've we heard actually of it. routinely use it in our <laughs> practice. Yes, we've heard of it. You said it boosts the body's ability to produce a very potent antioxidant that yep. we actually in our younger years have probably a lot of it and then in our older years and plus the addition of um, exposure to toxins in our food in our water supply in the air in the pesticides that we treat our crops with and then the liver gets overwhelmed and we can't really get these toxins out of our body as well as we can't keep up our production of that powerful antioxidant. Which some people say is the mother of all antioxidants. Yes, glutathione. glutathione, the mother of all. Do you recall some of the other, the diseases or the disease states that it can help prevent or re help reverse? Or help slow down the process. Yes. Yes. Cystic fibrosis, mm -hmm. autism, Alzheimer's, addiction, which is very new. Very, very Addiction new. isn't new in itself. The treatment of addiction with something such as NAC, boosting your own immune system, which is our mother of all antioxidants, I mean, that 
that's amazing. So within our clinical practice, I don't know about you, Jane, but two people that respond amazingly well, there can be study after study after study. But sometimes, unless you see it within your own clinical practice, uh, if somebody is the mother of a child with autism, only because I don't treat children, so I have the mothers, or the mother of an addi addict or the addicted person themselves respond robustly to NAC. And let's get back into psychiatry because it's very new in neuropsychiatry. It's, it's and I want you to say, if somebody has a robust response, what do, what do they say to you? Oh, Jane, it helped me with, I mean, I'll say what my clients told me. Why don't you start with your clients? Mental clarity, fatigue, uh, their mood was better, less anxiety. They just had a lot more motivation. Their memory was better. Some people thought their sleep was better. Some people actually said, does this stuff help you decrease your um, alcohol intake? Right, and not just in psychiatry, but from heart disease to cancer. Remember, it's an antioxidant. It boosts the immune system. So the autoimmune diseases, um, we mentioned autism, and let's get back to that in a second, um, heart disease. I think I mentioned arthritis. It goes through dementia. Did you mention dementia, John? Well, I keep saying Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, which is a, a one type of dementia. It's yes. been helping with not only, I mean, addiction's a big word. It helped with cocaine, gambling, and one other. Nicotine. Woo, woo. That's huge. Yeah. Maybe that's how I stopped smoking. Yeah, probably. It oh, because we both take any. Jean, what's the cost to society for Alzheimer's? You have that statistic, but I can just straight away say it. I think it's it. approximately $200 billion. You've got that right. It's about $159 to $215 billion per year treating dementia and Alzheimer's, which we said was one type of dementia. Dementia being dementia on the rise, toxins, yes, but people are living longer. Right. We have more treatment for um, pneumonia and other diseases to help people living longer, but we're really not helping that their brains staying sharp. And this is controversial, but why can't I just go and get glutathione, it exists over the counter, and just take that? Uh, my simple answer used to be it didn't do well in the gut and therefore wasn't able to go widespread. Uh, one of the things I learned is, is you need many biological processes with different vitamins, you know, the, one of the Bs, selenium, vitamin C, et cetera, for that glutathione to actually be able to get into our bodies and help our bodies. The other thing is if you take glutathione by mouth, once it goes through the, all those processes in the gut, it doesn't cross this thing called the blood-brain barrier, which, which we often call the neck. You're so the lose. mental clarity we would lose. We so would. by taking NAC, which sometimes we say NAC, so let's just say NAC. Okay. By taking NAC, I have more mental clarity than if I took glutathione on my own. Exactly. And now we're going to start treating some of the psychiatric disorders, not just the uh, bio the physiological disorders, because right. I mean, I believe depression's biological, biological, biological. But think about it. With all the toxins, think of our own glutathione as flypaper. And if you think of flypaper, who sticks to flypaper? That's so sad. That's really the, that, that's flies. that's really basic. That's actually a, cruel, a cruel practice. All right, I didn't did mean do to. It. I didn't mean to liken we, it to yeah, that. We did it in the. 70s. What I want to just say then is, think of sticky tape. And duct, or duct tape. Duct tape. And the toxins are going to stick to that and remove themselves from your body. Why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't everybody want that?
Let's Especially as we're aging. Exactly. Let's go back to it is the number one critical treatment of a Tylenol overdose, which, by the way, we know as nurses is quite yes. deadly. When you get to that point, there's no turning back. And uh, I have uh, personally seen too many young people die from Tylenol overdoses. What does NAC or glutathione do is it uh, it's especially sticky to the breakdown compounds of Tylenol and it gets it out of the body to save a life. Perfect. Yeah. Did you, That's think, really important. I think so. And the reason being though is NAC's, the active compound is sulfur and that's why I used to have a hard time working in psych and having to give mucomist to people who have come to the, the unit after an overdose and I would hold my breath. Mm. Back in the day we actually used to open up the little respiratory, the bottles of mucomist which was um, in, in a liquid form and it would go into the respiratory machine and, and have an aerating type mist. We used to have to t open up those respiratory bottles, pour that liquid in something like what Joan? Coca-Cola? Certainly not grapefruit juice. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And you're right, that the scent of sulfur and, and anyone who has smelled sulfur, it kind of... Upstate New York, sometimes the water yes. just comes out and you, it's sulfur. It, it's yeah. unforgettable. It, it smells like rotten eggs. Yes, that's the smell. I did hear that they might do it IV at this point, but I'm not quite sure. Well, why even go through that process? Why not? Especially one-half to one-third of the people most likely need it because they can't keep their glutathione within their own body and keep it going through that methylation process and keep it active. So why not just take the NAC, which okay. is over-the-counter, inexpensive, but so is alpha-lipoic acid, which is another great antioxidant. It sure is, and that's probably for a whole other topic. But well, let's get back to those foods, the foods that are high in... Um, oh, if you don't take NAC, how sulfur. can we increase our sulfur foods, Jane? The cruciferous vegetables. Big word, big word for the broccolis, the cauliflowers, the broccoli rabe, I think Brussels sprouts and leafy greens, etc. Now, let me just mention, when somebody says this is good for you, that doesn't mean you replace your entire diet with that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's add some carrots and potatoes and tomatoes and other, other vegetables. If we eat and other good for your grains. Oh yes, oh yes. But if you eat, um, th this this did happen. It, it, it's a rare case. The woman pretty much switched her diet to broccoli every single night with a form of protein, and it adversely affected her thyroid. So again, more is not always better of something. Right, and we would never want our thyroid affected. Absolutely no, not. No, no. Um, there's other things that, oh, and let's not forget watercress, which I really don't like, but I do cook it very well. Is that the vegetable that comes from the store like this, and when you cook it, it goes down to that. Yes, there's just about as many it's leaves. Delicious, Joan. It's yeah. about there's as many leaves as the tree behind yeah. you oh, and me. Whoa. Yeah. And then you saute that thing down. It comes into a little bit. Um, it's called a super green, right? Less than the mouth of this um, yeah. cup. Uh -huh. Quite delicious, but a superfood. There's other ways to in increase our body's ability to produce glutathione, and that's something that the twins never. Not never say never. It's oh, something that we, do. we rarely do. Uh, we exercise. We used to exercise. But exercise is really good. Everybody knows that. Don't make me laugh when I have water in my mouth. Our standing joke is we exercise because <laughs> we drive standard and use chopsticks. But other people really get that euphoric feeling when they're in the gym, and it could be not only dopamine but also your glutathione yes. levels are increasing. Now, there is a fine line as well. More is not always right. better. Right, right, Too right. much exercise, which does not affect probably over 99% of our country. 
maybe maybe some of those triathlon mm -hmm. experts um, athletes might consider taking NAC because too much exercise it's actually going to work the opposite you're not going to increase your glutathione levels what are you going to do to it not increase not it. increase it but a little bit of weight training a little bit of walking a little bit of jogging a little bit of swimming is very, very, very good. Obviously, we, we all know this, right? So eat some really good vegetables and take NAC, or Thanks. we should just say NAC. What I like about NAC is that we've already mentioned dopamine, which people really know because it's our reward center, but it modulates dopamine and glutamate. Glutamate's our excitatory neurotransmitter. So we used to have glutamate. Our glutamate would rise because we needed it to run from tigers and lions and bears. Did, did we run from dinosaurs? They possibly, quite possibly. Men? Especially like cannibalistic tribes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we were running, and if you were Native American, who'd you run from? Us white folk. There we go. That would raise our glutamate, but we would need to modulate that. We don't want too much glutamate because then we stay in a hyper-aware, hyper-vigilant state. That's Which is very stressful on the body. Very stressful. So NAC will, will balance, if I could use that word, dopamine and glutamate. Another reason to take NAC. Let's get back to autism because autism Let's. is so on the rise. It is. I have two cases at least. Um, because, yes, Joni, um, kids with autism are growing up, becoming grown-ups, and they do enter our practice oh. sometimes. Oh, well, okay. I get their mothers. Okay. Two cases of utilizing a supplement of NAC. If you really research NAC and autism, what you're going to find is an improvement in their social ability. Absolutely. Meaning paying attention to more attention to social cues so for example instead of saying Joan it's time to go now and you continue to sit here and talk and talk and talk and ask some questions today just for this second okay um, you might say oh okay where are we going uh, also it has been shown that there could be a little bit more touch which sometimes is a problem for autism. So improving social ability in an entire population that we don't even know what's causing it, but it's on the rise. And as well as, um, you know, other psychiatric disorders, agoraphobia, if you can't leave your apartment or your home, uh, NAC is being shown to improve social skills. Joan, you mentioned schizophrenia. I did. It's not a proof. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> There's evidence that it can help with almost anything any disorder that keeps you isolated or keeps you fearful. So the sociability, and, and with psychotic disorders, we differentiate uh, certain symptoms by calling them positive versus negative. And the negative symptoms, nope, they're not the hallucinations or the paranoia. It's more the ability to hold a, uh, an appropriate conversation with someone. So it's really helping all across the board. It's probably helping me con converse with you right now. Oh, I know it is. It's help <laughs> I know it's helping me. It's definitely helping me. But when you said that, it's most likely due to the neurotransmitters. All of our neurotransmitters yes. are being modulated. If they're when not... When you say modulated, you mean at appropriate levels, keeping them healthy, where they're supposed to be. Yes. Thank you, John. Yeah. And not one being way up here and one being way down here, because then we get into trouble. 
Exactly. Back in the 80s, it was common practice, yeah. at least in this area, for some primary care docs to tell their elderly clients or their clients that had bad livers to take an herb called milk thistle. And then it sort of left and fell off the wayside because nobody saw immediate results. Joan, do we see immediate results with NAC or improved um, glutathione levels? I would say no, but there's a handful of people that within four days to two weeks have literally called back or came back for their uh, follow-up appointment and said, are you kidding? Where has this been? They feel uh, normal. They don't have chronic fatigue anymore. They don't feel like they can't exercise because they're getting palpitations or they're fearful of cardiac disease or stroke in their family. They really feel a lot better. Unfortunately, I didn't get that response. I take it because we have the family history that seems as if we have that genetic mutation. I had a robust response on day three. You did? Yes, of NAC, but I also am a vitamin freak. I don't overdo my vitamins, but I make sure I do um, have them. So I probably had that B6 and selenium and vitamin C on board. And because, remember now, it crossed the blood-brain barrier, so my glutathione levels were higher and were able to modulate, <laughs> if, as Joan would say, my neurotransmitters, I had a moment of euphoria that lasted several minutes. Oh, you got the modulation of dopamine I and did. glutamate. Yes, I did, Joan. Oh, you got it. I did. Perfect. Yeah, because I'm not running from lions and tigers. Um, I used to still. Not in this lifetime, no. but I, yeah, no, and I really Sometimes the house cat looked like a lion to me and I would run. <laughs> yeah. Although so they were ferals. So now, of there's course. other disorders. There's, it's um, not just lung diseases, Alzheimer's, heart disease, cancer, autoimmune disorders. There's other, uh, it can help prevent kidney damage because our bodies are getting <laughs> toxic from all the pesticides and the, the toxins in our environment, in, whether it be in our soil, our air, our water, or our food. I just our bodies are being overloaded. They over, are. Overwhelmed. And I know a lot of people say, oh, but I can't afford organic. I know, but how can you not? I, I want to just say, either pay the farmer now or pay big pharma later. I didn't mean to dig big pharma, but pay, no. pay at the pump or pay no, later. I, you know what? I think a lot of people think that a primarily plant-based organic diet consists of all the very expensive vegetables. Rice? Cruciferous? Especially those cruciferous ones, right, Joan? Mm -hmm. Rice and beans is very inexpensive. Very. Very inexpensive. All right, so let's touch on, we've already touched on glutathione, which is the mother of all antioxidants. We yes. produce it ourselves, but as we age and the toxins and our genetics, it decreases. Who has the most or the highest glutathione levels? According to, um, I can tell you right now, young, healthy adults, and this is a, there was a journal article in um, The Lancet, which is a psychiatric journal, where they did find the highest levels of glutathione in the young, healthy adult. It's, it's wonderful to be young. Isn't it? Yeah. As Daddy says, don't get old. Yeah. And the lowest levels, obviously, were not just in the elderly sick, but the hospitalized elderly sick patients. That is so sad. Isn't that sad? So if you have a loved one who's aging and has a disease, look into NAC as just adding that. Now, if their liver is overloaded because a lot of the elderly have a lot of meds on board, mm -hmm. I would look into a patch vitamin or a liquid, just like with uh, bariatric surgery. You've lost some enzymes in which your is stomach. Where, which is where they either um, cut off part of the stomach or do the uh, lap band. 
which again, you've lost enzymes in your stomach, so I know that they usually will go for liquid medication or a patch vitamin. Don't overload your vitamins, don't overload your meds. I don't take it every day, do you? No. It's not too much I take every day. <laughs> I mean, I eat every day, obviously. <laughs> so what else about NAC? Because I do have a research study. Tell us. It's the latest research study, and it is by Dr. Ho, and he utilized, let me get my other glasses. He utilized NAC, but in vitro in a petri dish if everybody knows what that is it's um in science classes you have a little round dish and there's usually a what's that called a forum for things to grow some type of compound where yes. things are going to grow. so neuron cells let's say neuronal cells are placed in four petri dishes okay okay the first one we were talking about alzheimer's what comes with alzheimer's plaque i know it has another big word we could say it amyloid Protein the proteins. Bag. Yeah, the bad proteins. Bad proteins. So there's building up in the brain. Thanks. So the first petri dish has the bad proteins that build up in your brain for Alzheimer's with your neuro with I'm sorry, normal neuronal cells. They all died within seconds to minutes. Sorry. Second one in vitro, healthy neuronal cells with something called homocysteine, which we didn't say boy today we're using the largest words yeah. and we're saying them with ease but yes. we've been around them for a while homocysteine is an amino acid it's a protein but it's a bad for us protein which can clog our arteries again we talked that NAC can help with heart disease lung functioning we don't want to clog our arteries get heart disease which would then go into what what's it, the lung backup chronic obstructive that's no, no, that's not it. What is it, Jane? Pulmonary hypertension. That, exactly. So let's say you have too much homocysteine in your body. Okay, back up second, one second. Yeah. It is now beginning to be a little bit more common practice to test homocysteine levels. I used to, but okay. then I was told by insurance companies only a cardiologist yes, could test for which that. which is okay, Joan. That's fine. But I, I just want people to know that, that it is coming up that... Um, some docs, nurse practitioners, et cetera, our, and physician's assistants are looking at homocysteine levels. So this science is really on the rise. It yes. does take Western medicine a little, we're a little slow on the uptake, but it's been around for quite some time. Okay, so, second okay, Petri dish had normal neuronal cells with homocysteine. homocysteine. All died at the same rate that had the normal cells and the plaque from, uh, that causes Alzheimer's. Okay. Third Petri dish, they added the plaque and homocysteine. Okay, they didn't die as quickly as the first two, but they still died. Last Petri dish, plaque, homocysteine. <laughs> I can't wait, Joan. I know what they're adding. They added NAC. They didn't. The cells, the neuronal cells didn't die. This is fantastic news. It, it's unbelievable. So we're not saying continue with your poor diet. No. We're not saying you've got to go 100% organic plant-based. No. But be mindful of your health and what you put in your body. But now we have something else. We have knowledge about NAC that can increase our glutathione levels, mm -hmm. which is the mother of all antioxidants. So it's kind of like an anti-aging thing. So do you think, do you think we're finding out the anti-aging secret? You know, Joan, either that or at least slowing down the aging process. Because Western medicine or all industrialized nations are not going to stop the whole, 
I want to use a big word and I'm not going no, to. No, this show is all about big words. All right, what is the it? The whole paradigm of oh, what we're doing from what that's we, a big word. how we grow things, how what we put in our bodies, mm -hmm. what we're allowing in the air and the water, etc. So, yeah, it's going to slow it down. And and you know, it takes us so long in these industrialized nations. I mean, sometimes it takes an epidemic which so many of these diseases and cancer and Alzheimer's and autism becoming epidemics, heart disease already is before things Alcoholism. change. Yes, addiction before things change. You know, back in the day, we're going back in the day again. Midwives, yeah, which weren't um, masters prepared nurses back then, delivered most babies. And yes, we had deaths. We had deaths of moms and we had deaths of babies, but. Many years later, doctors wanted to get involved in this wonderful thing called the birth of life. Wow. Yeah, and I don't recall the year, but their survival rates were not as good as the midwives. So they trekked on over to see what were these ladies, mostly ladies, doing and helping these babies and mommies um, survive. And it was this simple thing called hand, hand washing. washing. So the other... Um, little tidbit of history that I absolutely love. It took about 10 years and the death of President McKinley who was shot, I think it was an assassination attempt, and he developed sepsis which is a blood infection and died. It took 10 years approximately and the death of that President McKinley who I sure he was really wonderful uh, before he Western, took it for the team he took it for the team before Western medicine said do you think we should put some stock into what England is doing to prevent the spread of disease hand -washing. and again it was hand-washing and one other really good point is I had somebody on NAC or a form of it that we prescribed and she became pregnant and she worried that she would get off of it because she was one of the per people that had the robust response, good mood, balancing her neurotransmitters, her temper, her fatigue level was low. She was feeling great. So I Googled and Googled and Googled and researched it. Not only was NAC good for, okay for pregnancy, mm. it literally protected the fetus's brain from all of these toxins. Remember, it's an antioxidant. Absolutely. We're Thanks to our local producers and Team Hercules for production support. As told here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As told here brings community media to where you are.